second half of the show coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Yannick Hansen will join us in just a minute on the Hughes Bowl tonight. Luke, Jack, Quinn, all on the ice. Devils versus Canucks. Jim, you can throw everyone in. Everyone's playing today. Uh, Canucks and Devils. The other 20 guys are also going to play as well. But it'll be a fun matchup. Not that the Devils, you know, I think they came into the season with uh, a lot of acclaim. And, you know, they've scuffed themselves uh, through the opening 22 games, 11, 10, and 1. But the thing is, they have an elite trait. Like, we saw that Canucks play Vegas. And Vegas, large team. They have an elite trait. And the Canucks had their struggles. Vegas, or, uh, Jersey tonight, they are fast, man. They are fast. It'll be fun to uh, watch the Canucks go up against them. And certainly uh, don't put them on the power play because not just because the Devils' power play can be lethal with the talent that they have, but more importantly, the Canucks' penalty kill having all sorts of issues. Uh, let's get into that with a lot more with Yannick Hansen. This analyst brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Port Coquillum, and Magnuson Ford in Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. Yannick, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, excellent. Uh, things uh, for the Canucks have been uh, you know, coming off a win against Calgary, but it, it's been better where it's been 500 hockey, and we knew they weren't going to be you know, 10-2-1 uh, for the whole season. Uh, but what do you try to take out of the last you know, month of November? Yeah, it kind of hit them. Uh, win one, lose one. Uh, fatigue, uh, aren't playing at 110%, kind of caught up to them a little bit. Um, that's where that cushion they built early is, is very nice to have because – when you do play 500 right now, um, it's good enough to, to keep you right where you want to be, not drop too far, and then hopefully you can pick it up and you can put these uh, these win streaks together and, and separate yourself e- even further as long as you don't start running into these uh, uh, four, five, six-game losing uh, streaks, then, then, then you're in a pretty good spot. Specialty teams has kind of been a big focus here recently. In the last 11 games, they've scored seven uh, power play goals. They've given up 10 uh, shorthanded. Uh, on the on the penalty kill, you know, I, I've, I've heard you say before, it's it's personnel and it's, it's hard work is what has success on the penalty kill. They've changed a lot of the personnel, and these players are, are more featured on penalty kills in their career. And it, it's the results are looking the same, Yannick. Yeah, it, it's still not. It's still not pretty. Um, power play used to be something you could count on. That's kind of slipped a little bit uh, as of late. Um, but yeah, the, the penalty kill it, it looked better in the beginning of the season, but they kind of reverted back now. Um, I, again, I, I keep harping on the same things. Uh, Susie being out is going to hurt them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Cole is a good addition, but but you're still seeing. Uh, Quinn Hughes, you're still seeing PD out there. Um, aren't the, the prototypical penalty killers, in my opinion? Um, again, um, a lot of goals. The two goals against uh, in Calgary were, were Myers and uh, Sidorov. Um, that's not good because those are type of defensemen you would think could clear the front of the net, uh, keep puck out for those two minutes. Um, uh, again, it, it, it's frustrating because. Uh, Especially teams will win you and lose you hockey games easier than anything else. If you win that battle, uh, already you're, you're in the head. So they, they, they need to figure this out uh, sooner rather than later. I focus on the penalty kill. And 
does it matter like the sequencing and and who goes out? Because you know Patterson goes out there and it's usually Miller and he's been taking a lot of faceoffs uh, since Pew Suter uh, has has gone down with injury. Does it matter the order in which the guys go out? Yeah, it does because the first shift is the hardest. The the, the first uh, part of the penalty kill is is the one where the other team will throw out their number one unit. They're fresh. They get the face off where they want it. They get the setup they want it, uh, and you're trying to uh, deny them that. Um, we saw in in Calgary is it the second one face off one DDD one time or boom and then back uh, it bounces back behind the net. But that's a goal within the first ten seconds of a face off. Uh, and a lot of goals are scored there. That that's why that face-off is so important, uh, and that's where you'd love to have a have a right-handed center who can take the side, so JT doesn't have to go out and win on his weak side against most likely a left-handed face-off uh, centerman who who's on his strong on the opposing teams. Um, it's a big disadvantage, and it, it's going to cost goals against uh, when you don't have that that matchup. The reason I ask, and, and look, obviously it's important to put your PK one out out against power play one immediately. But I'm curious if like the pairings matter because we, we we focus so much on you know line combinations five on five, but you know specialty teams combinations too. You know power play, we focus who are the five guys out there. But do the pairings matter, and and, and what's important for one player's style to match with another player for uh, for the forwards? It's it's equally important as if it's not more important on the penalty killing side because you're you're always reacting. Um, five on five power play, you can dictate. Uh, you have the puck, you're in charge, you decide what's going to happen. Uh, when you're killing, chances are you don't. Have which means you have to react to whatever they're doing and then try to stop that. Um, and as of none of us have eyes in the back of our head, we rely on, on communication, talk, reads, and all these little things. And if you don't have those nailed down so you can react within an instance, you're half a second late and the puck is in the back of your net. Um, so so it, is, it is very important that you have your parents. Uh, and for all the years, I think I killed penalties, um, it was almost always with the same guy forward. These were a little bit more in flux, um, but but the forward guy you killed with was more or less the same guy. Granted, he wasn't the one in the penalty box, or or he was just coming off a shift, which didn't happen too often because I tend to be playing with the guys I was killing with for a lot of times. Um, but but it is easier because subtle little reads, reaction, you just learn how to react off of. Um, and then you don't need communications. You don't need all these little things that takes a little bit of time. Uh, and you can be a step quicker in order to know where to cover. So when somebody rushes out to the half wall, I know I got to cover the high slot. And then you're just kind of boom, boom, boom. And then you're you're covering the four guys. And then you're hoping that they don't have the skill to pick you apart and throw it cross seam for, for a wine time or back door. But, but again, that's the only way to play penalty kill you you have to rely on on four guys reacting at the same time we had we had a mantra is one guy all go because um, if one guy is chasing and he's the only guy chasing he will get picked apart and now it's a four on three five on three instead so if one guy is going the other the other three has to go as well they have to cover somebody they have to pressure the the outlets right away as well so that when that guy who's getting pressured initially he's looking up he he doesn't have any outlet he he maybe have his his uh his backup which should be far across something that you have to throw a nice sauce through three or four sets of sticks 
then if he does that, fair enough, we get picked apart. But that's kind of what you're hoping for. You're hoping for them to make a, a really, really nice play that, that you have a chance to pick off and not just an, an easy uh, tic-tac-toe around and then a one-timer kind of thing. So you're relying a lot on, on, on reads and reaction killing penalties. So you need to be on the same page. So what are the important styles then to go together? Because, you know, we've seen Pedersen and Miller. And look, last year they, they got paired together and they go put up 10 shorthanded goals uh, between the two of them. And, and they can have some success. But if you're looking at this group of players, do you try to look at different pairings to say it should be Lafferty with Pedersen, it should be uh, Josh with Miller? Like well, what, what styles do you think go together for this team? In a, in a perfect world, I don't want Miller and, and TD starting. I want them finishing off so they get the last... 20 seconds or so that way you get in the second unit um, guys are a little bit looser at that time um, it's easier to go go the other way pick a park apart from a breakout um, guys aren't as, as structured when you're coming off a, off a power play sometimes they only have one forward or one d out there um, so we would always the twins would be the the last round out for us um, so Kes Burr, Manny, myself, maybe Higgy and, and Mason Raymond or whoever it was. And then there would be 10, 15, 20 seconds left or whatever. And then Hang and Danny would go. Uh, and then their winger would join them. But but then they would be able to take advantage of some of these things. Um, and again, I, I don't want JT and, and PD playing a minute and a half uh, covering shooting lanes, blocking shots, uh, fighting in a defensive zone. Um, I, I want them scoring goals for us. I want them using their energy in the offensive side. They have to be able to defend. Don't get me wrong. They have to be able to do these things as well. But not starting every single penalty kill is ideal, I don't think so, because their ice time is going to co- uh, come up too high. And again, you're using their their energy in a in a little bit of a of an area where you're not getting as much out of them. Where let let somebody else do that. Let let somebody else block those shots. Um, fight in your own end, uh, chip it out, forecheck 200 feet, kill some time without touching the puck and then come off the ice. Um, I've mentioned this many times. Um, <laughs> like you say, knock on wood, uh, I hope Quinn Hughes doesn't doesn't take a one-timer off his foot and break his foot, uh, killing a penalty that's not unnecessary, but when you could have one or the other four or five defensemen out there and, and instead um, and let him do his thing when, when we're five on five and um, and on the power play. I, I get it. He wants to be involved in every facet of the game. Same deal with him. Throw him out at the end of a penalty kill, not starting, um, and then let him play when, when there's at least a chance that we, that we have the puck. Is there enough candidates to do that though, right? Because I, I, like when you look at Lafferty, when you look at, I mean, McKay has had success penalty killing. Joshua, actually, Joshua might be the perfect example of what you were talking about uh, that that one go all go because you know Lafferty goes and pressures that puck on Saturday and it, it winds up being the backland goal. And Joshua's kind of halfway in between two guys and he's skating backwards once that puck gets loose. Like, is there enough candidates to try to knock Pedersen and Miller off of to be the first group out there? I would hope you could teach some of these guys to kill penalties. Um, uh, it, it, it's if they can't, um, it's the NHL. Uh, you you got to find a way to to carve a role. Um, so, so if you're not if you're not producing in bunches, uh, driving possession five on five, uh, 
you, you got to be able to kill penalties. Um, and it does take some time. I, I get it. Um, but we have had time now and we have been very bad at this. Um, so I see no reason as to why not try to develop these guys. Um, my, my perfect penalty killer isn't in Ford. Isn't a big guy like, like Josh. I, I'd rather somebody like Huglander, um, somebody who is very quick, very fast, who can get in a shooting lane. Good players don't shoot when you're in the shooting lane. Good defensemen don't take that shot because they don't want to take it in your shin pads. Um, and again, a quick and active stick is often a lot better than an extra 20, 30 pounds when you're forward killing penalties. Um, different side of story on, on the defensive side. There you want a little bit more size so you can move the guys in front of the net, um, a little bit of reach and stuff like that. But but you have these players who could potentially turn into great penalty killers. You need to develop them. Um, you need to give them a chance. Um, and again, when you're mentioning penalty killer doing well as it is already, well, why, why not try to, to get some of these guys that could maybe make it their thing instead of something, oh, we were... We're going to do it because nobody else can, and then we have our best players on the ice a little bit more. Um, I don't necessarily believe in that mantra. Yeah, it's been really rough here the past uh, 11 games. I think it's clicking at uh, 63% uh, in the last 11. So uh, they, they need to find some answers. It's looking a lot like last year uh, as well right now as far as the results go. Uh, they, they've, they've made some changes to the, the forward group as well. Uh, and, you know, Kuzmenko has gone with Miller, with Besser, and Mikheyev and Lafferty go there with uh, Patterson. I, I look at that line, uh, it, it's very energetic, but I wonder, is there enough natural scoring on that line? Yeah, that's a worry when Petey's going to make a play, find somebody, are they going to be able to score? Um, you, you hope so, otherwise a lot of his things will go um, go unused, and, and that's a tough one because, uh, again, when you see that lineup uh, and you line up against them, you, you know who you're going to cover. You know who uh, who you don't want having the puck, and then you're going to let the other two do the dishing a little bit. Uh, that's why you like, especially in the top six, you like two guys that uh, – that other teams kind of have to worry a lot about, uh, and then somebody who's able to finish for them, uh, do some dirty work, um, where it's, it, it, one guy, you, you might end up with uh, a little bit of shadowing, if you will, just to make sure he doesn't get the puck, and then the other two has to throw the sauce pass and uh, carry it into the neutral zone and all those things, and, and those are probably not their strength. Um, that being said, uh, having two four-checkers who can take the puck back and get in front of the net, um, if things are going well for him, it's not a bad thing either. But but again, I worry a little bit about what you were mentioning, and it's it's getting a little bit easier to to zone in on him. Who has the toughest job, by the way, of, of the four checkers? I, I'm not sure if we've ever talked about this, like the like the F1, F2, or F3. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it, a lot of times it, it's actually not the the four. So the four checker is at the mercy of whoever has the puck. Sure. Um, and that that dump has to be good. So let, let's say I'm carrying that puck and I'm looking across, and my forechecker is my left winger. I, I gotta put it in an area where he at least can get to it first, or at the same time as the defenseman. If I put it in an area where he has no chance of getting there first, he's gonna get picked apart, and then his cho- job is is impossible to do. So so it, it is a mixture because as soon as you do that, good dump, good forecheck, second guy in. Um, and then the third guy just have to read. Now, when I'm saying just have to read, he has to read where is that puck going, and this puck can obviously go in a lot of different areas. So your head is, is on a swivel when you're coming in looking for their outlets, 
um, where are my bees, where is their center, all of those little things. Um, so I wouldn't say F1, F2, F3 necessarily. One is harder than the other. They're, they're all challenging. Um, but if you do it right, um, it's, it's very easy to, to, to get it in and get it done right. Okay, let me re-ask that then. Um, which one was your favorite and which one did you like the least? I like being first. I, I like getting that puck, puck spotted and then I could just race whoever I had to race for. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we had easy easy um, rules, um, for once with, with Manny and Rafi, it was always to separate the puck. Puck has to stay where we are, but, but we have to separate the defenseman. So let's say he put it in my corner. I'm racing in there with the defenseman. My only job is to make sure that that puck stays in that corner. Um, hit the defenseman, lift a stick, whatever. I don't have to worry about the puck. That's not my responsibility. That's Rafi's job. Rafi's only job is to make sure he gets that second that puck. He's the second guy in, and then his job is to find the outlet wherever Manny is going. Uh, oftentimes for us, it was behind the net and away from pressure. Um, so, so I like to, to get in there as quick as possible and, and kind of stir things up and then just make sure the puck is there. Um, that being present there, uh, you, you'd get an earful because you only have one job. Make sure it's there. Um, but, but again, it was the one I enjoyed the most. Um, we, we also got to see our first impressions of uh, Nikita Zadorov. Uh, thoughts? Yeah. Um, again, I didn't like that he was on the goal for, or on the ice for two power play goals against. Mm-hmm. One of them kind of goes through him. I would love for him to block that one. Um, it's his first game. I, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna reserve judgment on that one. It, it, it's it's an upgrade on our fifth and sixth defenseman. Before that, no question, he can move. He can skate. He's physical. He's big. He's not going to get pushed around. Um, there, there are a lot to like. Um, like I said, I didn't like the fact that they were on the ice for, for those two against. Um, uh, but like I said, it's one game, first game, back in the getting booed, uh, little time to adjust. So, so give him a little bit of time and let's see what we have here. Um, I love the price. I love what they gave up to get him. Um, uh, a third rounder, three, four, five, six, seven years from now. Uh, who cares when we're talking about playoff this year? Um, and the fifth rounder you get for for Bovillier. so they moved some cap space around um, and didn't up didn't give up that much. Um, so so it's good good to see. Actually, while we're talking about the penalty kill, and you know, like Zadorov goes in there, and and yeah, it looks clunky in in game one. How long did you feel like you needed to 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 start developing chemistry on the penalty kill? Because power play, we talk about hey, it might take a season or two for five guys to really learn each other and having that consistency year to year. Um, for PK. Is it is it same timeline or is is it shorter? No, it's a little bit quicker. It's a little bit quicker because you're destructive. It's always easier to ruin shit than it is to to build stuff. Right. Um, so it it comes a little bit quicker. Uh, that being said, when you get picked apart, when you get scored on, it, it can be very very nerve wracking stepping up because you're thinking, oh, they're, they're going to win the face off, they're going to beat the inning, they're shooting, it's going to go in. Um, so it plays trick on your mind a little bit. So you need to get a little bit of confidence, um, individual as, and as the group you're playing in. Uh, so you're not getting scored on, and then slowly that'll start to build into the whole penalty-killing um, unit that you have. Also, the other five, six, seven, eight guys who are killing, uh, but but it is quicker than, than the power play. Because uh, Manko goes back on power play one uh, today, and you know when we've... 
mentioned him in the past, right? He's been so effective and the power play in general was so static. And I almost wonder if it was easier for him to be, you know, read how predictable everything was, get those tip ins that he was so good with the movement based power play that we've seen. Uh, is it just a tougher world for him to try to convert these chances? Yeah, it's hard when you when you look at it because it's the same guys that have had so much success and all of a sudden they don't. Um, and it's not like they're not getting chances. Uh, sometimes it's just a little bit of luck. Um, they tried to the two defensemen uh, on, on a power play and as much as I like uh, Hirona again and his shot, um, it gets a little bit stationary and static when he's on the half wall because he doesn't have the same movement, the same uh, uh kind of plays down low below the circles where we're forward as a little more natural and rotating sliding in through the slot and then creating a little bit of confusion um so uh, good thing they're going back uh, to what worked hopefully they can get it working again because um, when it is clicking it's it's a very very nice weapon to have uh, we're getting ready to see uh, New Jersey tonight. Uh, they're very fast, um, and, and they'll come at you in waves as well. Uh, what do you think is important? Because the Canucks aren't necessarily a, t- a team with speed, but we've seen them not give up a lot of odd man rushes so far this year. Uh, when you look at to kind of this matchup. Uh- yeah, it should be a good one. Um, again, Jersey is one of the up-and-coming teams uh, playing in a – uh, a team that could be good for, for a long, long time. They've, they've added a couple of young guys, uh, and they're – trending in the right directions um obviously there's the huge connection as well um but but it's a fast skilled teams and and those are the teams that tend to have success these days um so it'll it'll be a good test for them um to see if they can play a game where yeah it's an each east matchup and it's not a four-point game and all these things but but again you you have uh, two brothers coming in against your captain um, a good team from the East, I wouldn't necessarily call it a statement game, but this is a game you, you'd like to see them show up in uh, and play their best. I imagine it's a big money on the board game as well. Uh, do you remember any uh, big money in the board games uh, during there, your time? Uh, not, not, not for me necessarily. Uh, right. But, you know, we had, we had plenty. Uh, we had plenty. It's one of those things where um, there's always family in town, uh, people coming in, from cities playing against relatives, you, you you name it. So it happens all the time, and it's one way to get your uh, your fine fun uh, full. So so you can have some team meals on the road that are kind of covered by the the collective group, and not one guy who has to uh, throw his card in the hat and uh, and lose a tough one. Uh, all right, well we'll see what happens tonight, Yannick. Uh, we appreciate it as always. Yeah, take care. Uh, there he is, Yannick Hansen, who is uh, brought to you by Magnuson Auto Group, Metro Ford, Porco, Quillman, Magnuson, Ford, and Abbotsford on both sides of the Fraser to serve you. We got to run here. Canuck Central coming up next. It is a TV pregame. You'll see him at 630 on Sportsnet Pacific. Getting ready for the Hughes Bowl later tonight. Devils in town. Uh, myself, Satshaw, on the postgame show later tonight. Batch, Randeep on the call, and uh, myself and Dan Riccio on the intermissions. We'll see you then here on the People Show on Sportsnet 650.